welcome to the Echo Church Podcast. We hope you enjoy this message. Let's stand to our feet and welcome Gary. Come on. Amen. Let's stay standing. Wow. Why don't we put our hands on our hearts this morning and, and say, Father, speak to my heart and change my life. Father, we just welcome the spirit of wisdom and revelation to come, Lord, and unlock to us mysteries that can become meaningful. Father, we ask you to equip us with your voice today. Lord, we ask you to speak to our hearts. And Lord, ignite that which is dormant. Father God, bring to remembrance that which we've forgotten. And Lord, cause your spirit that is without measure to overflow in our life. Father, we want to see reformation not just happen around us, but in us today. Father, reform Lord God, we don't want to conform to this world, but we want to be transformed by the renewing of our minds today. So Father, we open our hearts, we open our minds, Lord, to be instructed by you, and Lord God, to be brought into the way of life and the way of love in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, amen, amen. Wow, guys, it is so good to be with you. I'm I'm still getting used to this pulpit. Should have like this, this raising up and down thing, amen? It's, uh, it doesn't work for six foot two people, but it is so good to be with you, and uh, I, am, I am so thankful for this house. I'm so thankful for what the Lord is, is doing in and through this house, because uh, friends, I want to encourage you. There's a lot of times we can think, we can get familiar. We can get familiar, and we can, we can kind of, it's kind of like when I you know, go back to Wales, and, and people are like, wow, this is incredible. And, and I grew up there, and it's like, eh, yeah, yeah. But people are wowed. I want to encourage you, don't get familiar with the presence of God. Don't get familiar with the call of God that's on your life. Don't get familiar with, with what He's put on you, because what He's put on you is profound and powerful, and there's only you. There's no one else. The great apostle once said, and we all know who it is, Oscar Wilde, he said, be yourself, because everyone else is taken. Be yourself, because everyone else is taken. And so I want to encourage you, don't, don't minimize, don't neglect. Uh, Paul reminded Timothy, not because he had amnesia or dementia, but he reminded him, hey, stir up the gift of God that is in you, that was given to you by the laying of hands. And then he goes on and says this, because the Lord has not given you a spirit of fear but one of love, power, and a sound mind. There are two things that that are are an innate thing within people, I believe, that the Bible continually reminds us not to do. One is forget not, and the other one is fear not. Forget not and fear not. And they're the two things that disable us or disarm us as people is, is forgetfulness and fear. We forget who we are and whose we are, and we fear what is before us. And I love in, in that one piece of scripture, Paul so beautifully brings to Timothy, saying, hey, God, hey, Timothy, don't forget and don't fear. Because if you forget, guess what? You'll begin to create a narrative that is not God, and you'll begin to create a narrative that God has never given you. And if you fear, it disables faith. Because God's not given us a spirit of fear but love, power, and a sound mind. And that's what I love about believers is if we, can, if we can come to a place of not forgetting and not fearing. Now, friends, you're my heart. I'm not saying, well, that'll never happen. But it's an invitation of when that begins, hey, we're gonna, let's, let's get out of that. 
let's get out of creating a narrative that isn't God's. Let's get out of creating a story that I was never told. Get out of, of being an author when I'm not the author he is. Amen? That's the big thing, is, is he's not called us to be the author. He's the author. But we love creating stories and narratives that are not even God. And that's what God said to Adam. Who told you you're naked? Who created that story? Who told you? Who told you you're powerless? Who told you that you'll never break through? Who told you that you'll never amount to anything? Because that's not God's story, Amen. That's a God story. Guys, today I want to I wanna jump into something, pretty much a bit of my story, and, and really the last nine to ten months of, of what God's been doing in and through me. And, you know, it's been quite a journey. And, and many of you know that Sarah and I, at the beginning of the year, decided to pause, decided to go on this journey. And, and again, when you make a decision to do something, so, it's so many other stories come out, like, what's happening? What's going on? I tell you, Christians sometimes need to write stories for Hollywood because they come up with the best stories. Amen? <laughs> the rumor mill of the church, I tell you, could be a blockbuster within Hollywood. The stuff that comes out. And so, but I love that God didn't ask us to stop. He asked us to pause because I love, I love symbols. I love seeing things. I love visuals, yeah? And the symbol for pause is, is two lines. Two lines that are parallel to each other. It means alignment. When you pause, you align. When you're able, you see, another word for pause is Sabbath. God didn't stop on the seventh day. He paused. He Sabbathed. You see, a lot of times we think uh, Sabbathing is about stopping. No, Sabbath is about pausing. We Sabbath. And he asked us to pause. He asked us, hey, I want you to hit pause right now because I want you to come into alignment. Not just alignment with each other, but alignment with heaven. How much of us right now are misaligned, not aligned? Because a lot of times we get frustrated that our assignment isn't working. I really believe assignments don't work when alignments are off. God brings alignments and assignments together. Amen? And so I remember back, we were coming back from a, a, a church retreat, doing a presbytery for them. And we were driving, I felt like the Lord say, pause. And so... But not only that, I found myself realizing that God didn't just want me to step in or us to step into a place of spiritual things or even emotional things, but actually physical things. And I realized, I heard this word, Gary, I want wholeness. And I'm like, what do you mean you want wholeness, God? I, I feel whole. And he said, son, you are whole in spirit. You are whole in emotions, but you're not whole in body. And, you know, my wife says I've got a body like a god. <laughs> His name is Buddha. And, <laughs> and back in December last year, and you're my heart, this is my story, this isn't yours. So this isn't, this isn't a shame thing, this is, this is my story, not yours, amen? And so back in December, I was 120, uh, so 104 kilos. I was 104 kilos. I was not happy. And so I remember back at the beginning of February, 1st of February, I'll never forget, I was in full pantry, incredible place. And the Lord says, I want you to come into wholeness. And so I went to the doctors and I got a blood test done. And even before she took blood tests, she just looked at me and said, you are insulin resistant. And you are one episode away from your body shutting down. And I'm like, what? I'm fine. 
frantic, insecure, neurotic, and emotional. I am fine. <laughs> there is nothing wrong with me. I am fine. And I realized at that moment I wasn't fine. And so I went home that day. And how many people know when you decide to do something, everything else sort of comes against you. It's like when you get a prophetic word, it likes the opposite begins to happen. And so I'm like, God, what are you bringing? Because remember, when the Lord speaks to you, He wants to speak through you as well. The danger comes is, is when God is speaking through you, but you don't hear Him speaking to you. That's deception. Yeah? It's when you, when you feel like He's speaking through you to others, but you don't hear Him speaking to you. And I realized God was wanting to bring the church into something. I realized that this wasn't just something about me, but there's something the Lord wanted to do in the church. And so I get home and realize, wait a minute, to deal with insulin resistance, I've got to do intermittent fasting. I've got to do some things that really are going to... You see, the, someone once said, if you want to see things you've never seen, you've got to do things you've never done. And I remember coming home and, and realizing we had to jump into this regime, into this lifestyle of, of seeing things. And you know, part of that was intermittent fasting. And I got this revelation. You see, fasting isn't about giving up. It's about giving in. We think fasting is about stopping something when God's all about activating something. You see, when you bring your body into Sabbath, and that's what fasting is. It's bringing your body into Sabbath. It doesn't stop something. It activates things. Now, I don't want to turn this into a Jenny Craig session, but you've got to understand something. When you fast, your liver gets activated. You see, we think our liver is only there for one purpose, dealing with toxins. You see, that's when your body's in action. But when your body's in Sabbath, it begins to activate something that replenishes, replaces, and removes cells. When you do something that you've never done to see things you've never seen, it activates something. Along with intermittent fasting came, and I know your pastor does this too, called cold plunging. It's called, it's called self-baptism. Amen? <laughs> and you jump in that water, and you, think, you start speaking in tongues that you've never spoken in before. Amen? You, the neighbors keep thinking you're killing someone. And you jump in, and then you're there. Why? Because when you're in there, it activates something. You see, what happens is, is you need to do something. And this is something I've realized. I don't need to do the comfortable. I need to do the uncomfortable. When I do the uncomfortable, something happens. One of the things that COVID done, and friend, I want to hear my heart right now. COVID can no longer be an excuse. But this is what COVID did. It got us into the comfortable. It, the comfortable deactivates. I like to say it like this. Lukewarmness is the, is the aggressive pursuit of comfort. Lukewarmness is the excessive or the aggressive pursuit of comfort. You see, faith doesn't require comfort. Comfort doesn't require faith. If you find yourself comfortable, you don't need to do anything. Why? Because we look for comfort. How many times have we said, oh, don't go outside, it's too cold. Don't go outside, it's too hot. Don't lift that, it's too heavy. But yet we have a culture in Asia 
that are working rice farms at 90 years of age and they look like they're 60. Because comfort, friends, brings us into a place of inactivity. And faith is not found in comfort, it's found in uncomfort. Am I speaking to somebody? And so I found myself in this place of when you jump in that water, which is so uncomfortable, something gets activated. What gets activated changes your life. And I began to realize when I got on this journey, I began to discover things that I've never discovered before. That actually Sabbath, the uncomfortable, activates things that were never there before. I truly believe that when we come to the things of the Spirit, it's not that we haven't got, it's that we, ha we don't know. Let me say it again. When it comes to the things of the Spirit, it's not that we haven't got, it's that we just don't know. You see, Jesus said, if you had known the person who was with you, you would have asked him for living water and he would have given you. It wasn't that the woman of Samaria didn't have, she just didn't know. And Jesus said, if you knew the gift, if you knew who was with you right now, you would have asked a different question. You see, it's amazing. Comfort will cause you to ask a question. Faith will cause you to be the answer. And I remember coming home that day and walking into my, my pantry. And I was moving different things. And I was like, okay, what can I, what can I find in this pantry? Because how many people know when, when you're hungry, you go in the pantry, amen? And I remember going in the pantry and all of a sudden, I moved something and this fell out. How many people know when, when you are about to go on a, a journey where you've got to cut some things out of your life. It's like, get behind me, Satan. <laughs> like, what the heck is this? And I looked at it, and I'm like, not today, Satan. But as I looked at it, the Lord began to speak to me. And this is what he said. He said, son, we're entering into a season right now where I'm requiring mission and maturity in my church. I'm requiring mission and maturity. What has been robbed from, from the body of Christ in this season is mission and maturity. Someone else can do it and someone else can be it, but I'm comfortable. Someone else can say it, someone else can go there, but I'm comfortable. And the Lord says, I am requiring mission and maturity. And then he got a bit heavier. He said, Gary, get up and grow up. There's mission and maturity being brought back to the body of Christ. Am I speaking to somebody? Now let's make this meeting legal and turn to some scripture. Amen? James chapter 1. I love James chapter 1. Why? I remember when we were pastoring, we used to get the, I used to get these emails. Hey Gary, I'm resigning. Do you have a word for me? Hey Gary, I'm giving up the ministry. Do you have a word for me? And I used to keep this verse in my notes as a copy and paste feature. Amen? And I used to go back to them and say, hey, yeah, I've got a word for you. James chapter 1. Now if you've got your Bibles, the real stuff, I'm not talking about your iPad, but if you've got your Bibles, turn with me to James chapter 1. And this is what it says. Verse 2, my brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith is producing. Count it all joy. 
We're about to cast out a demon here right now. <laughs> Count it all joy when you fall into various trials. You see, one of the things of maturity is to realize what is happening to me is what's happening to me. It's not me. Let me say it like this. Jesus was in a storm. He wasn't in his storm. It wasn't a storm that was his. It was a storm. The danger comes when trials and tribulations come is we own them instead of speaking to them. The disciples were in a storm. It wasn't their storm. And that's why Jesus could sleep in the storm because it was a storm. It wasn't his storm. And the danger comes is when trials and tribulation happen is we own them instead of speaking to them. Is we own them or we see them as a trial instead of what's happening in it. You see, it's amazing. Count it all joy. Friends, if you're going to count your joy, you better make your joy count. If you're going to count your blessings, you better make your blessings count. Yeah? Count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith is producing. What's it producing? The New King James says patience, but I love another version which says endurance. It's producing endurance. It's doing something. For those that do gym and, and CrossFit, I've, I've been looking for resurrection fit all my life. I, I don't want to do the CrossFit, amen? I want to find resurrection fit. But for those that do that, the biggest place of, of fitness and increase in your world is resistance. It's resistance training. Count it all joy, brethren, when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing or the resistance of your faith is producing something. And then it goes on and says this, but let endurance or patience have its perfect work. This is what happens. As you see, we have a promise, but every promise has a process. And the danger comes is we check out of the process because we want the promise. When you check out of a pro process, friends, you miss the promise. And you know, one of the things that I'm discovering, I've discovered in my life, is that the gold of the process is greater than the gold of the promise. Count it all joy, brethren, when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing, that resistance, that testing is actually producing something greater in me than the promise of what I'm going for. You know, the amazing thing is this. That's the maturity piece. That's the maturity piece when you realize, wait a minute, it's not my storm, it's an A storm, and it's doing something for me. I love what Paul says in Corinthians, 2 Corinthians 4, 17. He says, this light affliction, which is but for a moment, is working for me, not against me, working for me, a far more exceeding and eternal way to glory. How many of us have checked out of a process because we just want the promise, but we've missed the gold of the process? What is it developing in me? What's it doing in me? You see, every promise has a process. I've said it before and I'll say it again. If, if God wasn't a God of promise or a God of process, then Jesus would have come as a man, not as an embryo. When you ask God for an oak tree, he gives you an acorn. 
When you ask God for a million dollars, he gives you an idea. When you ask God for your community, he gives you people. Yeah? It's amazing the currency of God or the transaction of God is, is so different to our thinking. And this is where maturity comes, is, is we're able to hold the tension and say, God, I prayed for this, but I'm seeing this. Ah, I see you're doing something. You're not providing. You're actually creating a process that's going to grow something bigger than I could ever imagine. I could ever see or I could ever know. Yeah? I, wanna, I want you to ask yourself a question right now. What are the problems and the situations in my life that I'm going through right now? that I want to see a breakthrough for, but I'm missing the process of what's happening. What is it developing? What is it doing in my world that I could be checking out of, but God wants me to check into? Yeah? You see, it's interesting for Sarah and I, it's been this whole journey of trust, this whole journey of, of realizing, wait a minute, God, He who promised is faithful. I love it, Hebrews 11, 11. You know, that's something I saw the other day. A coffee shop decided to put up their prices. And I'm like, what? Cost of living, flipping, stroll on. I am, I am not paying that much for a cup of coffee. And all of a sudden, I tapped it and I, for me and Sarah to have a coffee, and 11, 11 came up. And Hebrews 11, 11 says that, that Sarah judged him faithful who had promised. She made a choice to, to judge God faithful because he promised something. You see, when God promises something, He also gives you a process. Am I speaking to somebody? I think one of the things that, that we find so difficult right now is that we recognize that in the process, God is, is doing something. You see, the Christian walk isn't, isn't about arriving, it's about becoming. I think we misquote Scripture when we look at discipleship because in Mark 1.17, Jesus said, follow me. And I will make you become fishers of men. He didn't say, I'll make you fishers of men. He said, I'll make you become. There's a becoming that's happening. And this is the thing we can't check out of the becoming because we just want the blessing. Yeah? We can't check out of the blessing. We can't check out of the becoming because we want the blessing. This is the mission and the maturity God is restoring to the church. The maturity that he's restoring is this place where we realize God's given us words that are not just to come to pass, but actually produce something in our world. And that's what James chapter 1 is all about, is that the testing of your faith is producing something. But let patience or endurance have its perfect work. Let it finish its job. Don't interrupt it. How many of us right now have got soaked because we've opened a dishwasher in the middle of its cycle. Oh, I forgot the plate. You open it up, all of a sudden you're just baptized from dishwater because you've interrupted the cycle. How many of you have tried to interrupt a washing machine in the middle of the cycle? You press the button and you're like, oh my gosh, I've got to wait now for it to reset itself because you've interrupted, but let patience have its perfect work. So the three things, so that you would be, again, this word perfect, it doesn't mean perfect that you live in Turak. Yeah? yeah. It doesn't mean you're perfect that everything's fine. It means that you're mature. The word perfect there is not the word 
perfection is the word mature, so that you would be mature, complete, and lacking nothing. When you know you lack nothing, you live differently. When you know you lack nothing, you live differently. I remember Sarah and I were in the UK, U.S. once, and, and we said to this, this couple in Florida who were pastors, and they were going to resign because you know, they were being bitten by sheep a bit too much. Has anyone ever had a sheep bite? It flipping hurt. I, I had a ki- as a kid, I had a sheep bite my, my finger. I tell you, it, was, it hurt for days because it doesn't break the skin. It just bruises the bone. And uh, so we decided to take them out. I said to Sarah, hey, we're going to take, take this couple out. You know, we, they've gone through it. You know, God's blessed us, so let's bless them. So I said to Sarah, we're going to take this couple out. And um, so Sarah said, can we do that? I'm like, yeah, obviously, we've just come from Seattle. They blessed us. It's like, you know, where Paul says to the Philippians, I can come to you because of the, the, the generosity of the Macedonians. I'm coming to you right now. And so I said, okay, we'll, we'll bless them. And so we, we booked the, the restaurant, and the restaurant's a really nice restaurant. And so how many people know your wife's the second Holy Spirit? If you don't listen to the first, you better listen to the second. So I thought, oh, I'll just quickly check the account. And it's not as quick as today where you just pull out your phone. You have to dial up. How many people remember dial up? So you plug it in, all this noise. And so all of a sudden, the account came up. We had 67 cents in the account. And we had committed to take this couple out. So what did we do? We took the couple out. And we got to the restaurant. And I'm thinking, just pick the salad, pick the salad, pick the salad. <laughs> and I'm thinking, why am I saying pick the salad? I can't even, af- I can't even afford the flipping breadsticks. <laughs> and how many of us know when, when all of a sudden you don't know or you feel like you're lacking, you order differently. And all of a sudden, they're looking at the lobster and the, all this, and I'm thinking, oh, yeah, whatever. Just, just, just order it. Go for your life. Get a, get a mains, get a dessert, get a starters. Go for your life. I've got 67 cents in the account. Go for your life. And, you know, they, they always come up and upsell, don't they? They always, oh, can, can I get you this? Uh, yeah, just order it. Just go for your life. Just get it all. And I remember sweating, and I remember going to the bathroom, looking, you know, for a fish or something that's got coins in the mouth, or maybe there was a drug deal done in the bathroom, so I lifted the thing to see if there's any cash underneath, or there was nothing, nothing. And I'm thinking, oh, so as I'm walking back out of the, the, the toilet, I can see the server coming straight for me, and I'm thinking, he thinks I'm a runner. He's going to, he knows, he just knows, he, he knows I've got nothing. He's about to come up and go, sir, I know what you got in your account. <laughs> And up he comes and he said, hey, I just want to let you know, there was a couple who recognized you in the restaurant and they've covered your bill. I'm like, what? At that point, I just wanted to kiss the guy. But when you know you lack nothing, you order differently. When you feel like you're lacking, you order differently. How many of us are choosing the substandard places of our Christian faith because we feel like we're lacking? Maturity is to know in all seasons, whether I'm abasing or I'm abounding, I give thanks. Whether I feel or whether I don't feel, I am still going to into a place with God to say, Father, you supply all my needs according to your riches and glory. But the key is to hold the tension. And this is where maturity comes, friends. 
and this is where I feel like we're lacking in the body of Christ right now, is, is we live in this either-or place instead of living in a both end. One of my favorite symbols is the and sign. It's called an ampersand. It means both and, not either-or. And I think we live in this either-or place instead of this both end. And we have a great friend in our life who is going through some terminal illness right now uh, in the States. And you know, in the morning he gets up, and this is what he says, from 5 a.m. to 10 a.m., God is my healer. From 10 a.m. onwards, he's my sustainer. But God isn't either or, he's both end. And at any point, he can heal me, and at any point, he can sustain me. And that's maturity. It's to hold that tension. And I think within the body of Christ, we are afraid of tension. Because we think tension is something's wrong. Graham says, Graham Cook says, tension doesn't mean something's wrong. It means something's happening. And this is the beautiful thing of James, is to say, hey guys, when you've got this happening to you, look above it and see what God is actually doing. There is something that the Lord is producing in you. Now that's the maturity part. Now what's the mission part? I believe the mission part is this, is that God doesn't just want us to be people who talk about it, but actually action it. I fear the body of Christ has become like a pirated movie. What we see and what we, what we hear are two different things. Let me try this side. What we see and what we hear are two different things. How many people have seen a pirated movie? It's like, why are the lips going different to what I'm hearing? What I'm seeing and what I'm hearing are two different things. And friends, I believe, guys, we have to, as the body of Christ, recognize that we're not in a place any longer that our words and our actions misalign, nor our words and our actions are lining up. This is what I felt the Lord say to me when it comes to missions. He said, Gary, we have to move from greater words to greater works. I'm all for words, but our words have to become works. And you know, I feel like we, we have victimized or villainized, or we've even caused certain words in Scripture to become dirty words. Don't talk to me about works. I'm all about rest. Yeah, that's why you're, that's why you're a lazy Christian. Don't talk to me about works. I'm, I'm all about rest. You know, another M&M in Scripture is Mary and Martha. How many of us have celebrated a Mary, but we've, we've villainized a Martha? Where Jesus didn't say what Martha did was wrong. He said, for this moment, what Mary has chosen is the best, and it will not be taken from her. But tomorrow, it could be something else. All of a sudden, what was needed was what Martha had. You know, there's this song going around right now. Guys, you're my heart. When the glory's in the room, nothing else matters. When the glory's in the room, nothing else matters. What happens when the glory ain't in the room? Things better stop mattering. Amen? And this is, this is the maturity piece and the mission piece is we have to bring together this both and place of we are people of words, but we're people of works. The Bible says in James that faith without works is dead. And I feel like what has been robbed from us, what has been taken from us is this, is this inactivity place. Oh, friends, don't get me started. I, I love dropping my kids off at school, but I tell you something, it, I, I get into all manner of troubles, even to the point Sarah's almost banning me from dropping the kids off. 
or picking them up because I just get into to so much strife, amen? Because I just can't, there's certain things I can't handle. And certain things I can't handle is this. Hey, Tracy, you got your active wear on. You going to the gym? No. Hey, Helen, great to see you. Loving the active wear. Going to the gym? No. It's just comfortable. What? You got your flipping active wear on and you're not even active. And there's this thing in, in our, our society right now where people are walking around with active wear on and they're not even active. And you know, it's creeping into the men as well. Hey, Tony, great to see you, bud. Loving the active wear. Go to the gym this morning? No. Then why the flipping heck are you wearing active wear? Because it's comfortable. See, we're back at that comfortable place. Friends, to wear active wear and not be active is the same way as to put on Christ and not raise the dead. Is to put on Christ and not see the works of God. To put on Christ and not see the very things that He's called us to do and called us to be happen. Amen? I don't want to be a person who puts on Christ because it's comfortable. I've got to put on Christ because there is a world that needs saving. There is a world that needs to know the goodness of God. And it's only going to be done with us not being inactive, but active in God. And friends, this is as much a word to me as it is to all of us, that if we're going to reach our communities, if we're going to reach our cities, this isn't, this isn't a condemnation, but this is a conviction of my heart, then I've got to be one who brings the worth and the works of God to the forefront. The Son of God was made manifest. Why? To destroy the works of the enemy. He, uh, Romans 8 says that, that the... the Earth is groaning for the sons of God to be made manifest. Why? Because when sons manifest, did demonic strongholds get destroyed? How do you reach your neighbor? Ask the Lord their love language. I remember years ago, sorry, months ago, I said to, said to the Lord, God, I want to bless my neighbor. Do I take him a bunch of flowers or like, what do I, you know, I want to bless my neighbor. And this is what the Lord said to me. He gave me, give me two stocks. I'm talking ASX stocks because that's his language. And so I just began to pray, and the Lord showed me a gull, G-U-L, gold, uranium, lithium. And so I began to write these things down, and then I went over, and I said, hey, John, um, a, friend of me a friend of mine shared this with me, and I just want to share it with you. He's like, oh, right, okay. I just saw my caravan, and I've got some spare cash. He said, I'll have a look. So he began to look at them. He came back to me. He said, hey, um, I've decided to go with number two. And that's the exact stock the Lord gave me. So, but I give him three others just to, just to give it a bit of a legitimacy. Amen? How many people know we try to add to God what God's not adding? Yeah? A couple of months later, he messages me. He said, Gary, where did you get that stock from? Um, um, um. <laughs> was your friends in Singapore? I'm like, uh, I'll let you know. He said, that, that stock went 30x. 30 times. $250,000. How do you love your neighbor? You begin to speak the language of heaven and you begin to say, God, what are you wanting to say to them? 
You see, this is where the Lord's inviting us into right now. I just want to, I don't think God is wanting a place of just invitation, but He wants a place of activation. That actually God activates us into a place of realizing and recognizing that every one of us has a mission on our life. Every one of us has an invitation, but also I believe an activation that God wants to unlock something in us this morning. Because friends, when it comes to mission, it's not about greater words, it's about greater works. And I feel like this morning, God wants to permission something in us that we've got comfortable in. God wants to permission something in us that, that we have taken the comfortable place instead of the courageous place. You know, it's not comfortable sharing the gospel. It's not comfortable praying for the sick. It's not comfortable sharing your faith. It's not comfortable doing them things that require us to just step out of a board. I love what Sarah said. She goes, I'd rather be a wet water walker than a dry board sitter. I'd rather just step out. I might fail, but guess what? I've just stepped out. And I think the two things right back to the beginning that we find ourselves in is we forget who we are and we fear who we're not. We forget who he's called us to be and we fear that we'll never... You see, I think most of us in this place at one time in our life feel like imposters. We feel like frauds because there's things in our life that have happened by the grace of God and we're like, I can't believe that just happened. But God, through His grace, God, through His glory, has done something through us. Because, friends, He's not looking for perfection. He's not looking for people who have got it right. He's just looking for available people. I think Catherine Kuhlman once said, you know, God's not looking for our capability. He's looking for our availability. And this is the M&Ms that God wants to bring. I don't believe it's sugar He wants to bring back to the church. Amen? God doesn't want us to have sugar church doesn't just want us, you know, I'm going to give him these to these kids. I'm going to give it to Justin. Let's see what he does this afternoon. But, <laughs> but again, guys, this is what we do. You know, it's, oh, yeah, let's just sugar. We'll go. No, no, guys, God wants mission and maturity. Yeah. And I know within each and every one of you, there is a mission and there is a maturity that God is doing. And we get to told a story, we get created a narrative that robs us from the process of what he wants us to do. I love the team to get back up if they can. Call the worship team back up. You see, God is bringing us into a place that I believe God is wanting to unlock something in us. How many people are just done with mediocre Christianity? How many people are just done with just, well, this is the way it always is. This, no, friends, I believe God is putting something on this house that is going to buck the trend, that is going to cause, the, you see, one friend said this to me. He said, Gary, I'm called to comfort the afflicted and inflict the comfortable. Yeah? And this is where I believe the Lord is, is bringing us into. You're my heart when I say this, friends. If I hear the word mentorship, or internship again, I'm, I'm going to throw a chair, amen? Because the Bible doesn't talk about mentorship. It doesn't talk about internship. It talks about discipleship. And if we change the ingredients, we'll change the experience. And what has happened is, is we're changing ingredients 
and we're wondering why the experience is changing. You see, God didn't call us to mentorship. He didn't call us to internship. He called us to discipleship. And this is what I believe the Lord's inviting us into, is if we're going to put on Christ, if we're going to be active, if we're going to have the active wear, that I don't believe we're just wearing the active wear. I believe God has brought us to activate others. That's discipleship, is that I'm not just active, I'm activating others. I'm causing activity and the activation to happen in other people's lives. And I believe today is a day where He isn't just inviting us into a place of of saying, Gary, I'm just going to keep living the way I am. But I believe today is a day where he wants to activate that which is dormant. That he wants our lives to align with the truth of the word. That he who began a good work is faithful to complete it. That we're not going to live in forgetfulness and fear. We're not going to live in a place where she'll be right, mate. Oh, well, it'll just work out. Friends, we have to be intentional. And we have to be postured in a way that says, I will hold the tension because I realize, God, what you're doing in me is profound. What you're doing in me is powerful. But I need to take what you're doing in me. And I need to bring that maturity into my mission. What have you called me to, God? Who have you called me to? Because if I can understand that, then I'm not just going to live in the comfortable. I'm going to live in the courageous. I'm not going to live in the place of, I'm ashamed of the gospel. No, no. I'm not ashamed of the gospel because it's the power of God unto salvation. That if I could just be who you call me to be in every moment, then friends, things are going to begin to happen. I think we create a narrative where we, we look for the wow and we miss the now. We look for the, God, I want the spectacular. But we just miss the, the ordinary that God wants to invade with the extraordinary. People always say to me, Gary, I, I just want to like blow people away on the streets. I just want God, people to have an encounter. You see, you being fully you allows God to be fully Him. The danger comes is when we try to do God's job. And we miss our own. You see, it comes with healing. He just told us to lay our hands. If you do the possible, God does the impossible. And I think we have got ourselves in a tiz. I think we have worked ourselves up into a complex Christianity where Paul beckoned to the Corinthians and said, Friends, I fear like Eve was deceived in the garden. So your minds have been robbed from the simplicity that's in Christ. I think we've made complicated what God has always made simple. We've added to. We've changed. And God is saying, hey, let's get back. Let's get back to basics. Let's get back to a place where if you do the possible, I'll do the impossible. If you're available then I'll show up. 
if you do who I do and you'll be who I called you to be, friends will change the world. Because he didn't say, I'll make you fishers of me. He said, I'll make you become. You see, it's in the journeying. It's in the going. It's in the living. And I want to encourage you right now. Christianity isn't a visitation religion. We don't show up on Sundays because we have visiting rites. No, no, we show up because we're a family of believers who get to celebrate the goodness of God together. But every day we get to see His goodness outworked in our lives by being who He's called us to be and doing the things He's called us to do. Amen? So I wonder this morning, if you found yourself in a place of, of you got the active way, but you ain't active. You've put on Christ, but you're still believing a lie. You've put on Christ, and, but you put on all the other accessories as well. And, you know, we, we like to accessorize our Christianity, don't we? Well, I'll just put on some doubt, and I'll put on some false humility, and I'll put on some fear. Friends, I really believe right now, as Paul says, take off them things that are not of God and put on them things that are, to put on Christ. Sarah and I would love to pray for people this morning who feel like you've got the active way, but you ain't active. Something is dormant in your life that God wants to activate and bring into a place that we're no longer Christians by name, but we're Christians by nature. I'll leave you with this question. Is the gospel you know the gospel you show? Because there's a world right now that needs an encounter. There's a world right now that needs you to be fully you so God can be fully him. Am I speaking to someone? If that's you this morning and you know that you just want to see God, Do something in your life that he's never done. Because you just don't want to be a Christian by name. You don't just want greater words. You want greater works. Works are not a bad word. Brings us into a place of seeing the fullness of God. If that's you this morning, friend, I want you to come. I want to pray for you. Sarah's going to pray and I'm going to pray. But I want you to come right now. And we want to pray for you. And we want to believe that God will activate them things that you feel are dormant right now. Them places that you feel like you just keep on coming up against this barrier. And God wants to unlock something this morning. If that's you, friend, just come. Why don't we all stand? If that's you, just come. Wow. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you. Father, we're not Christians by name. We're Christians by nature. Father, we pray this morning, God, that you would activate. Wow. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Wow. Wow. 
The psalmist says, restore to me the joy of my salvation. Wow. Thank you, Lord. Father, right now we thank you for every person. Before we start ministering, I just want to release a prophetic word over you guys. Just keep hearing this word. Forget the former things. Forget the former things. Forget them things that are behind. Press on, press in, and press through. Forget the former things. Forget them things that were behind you. Forget them things that you've left behind. Forget them things that are trying to be the bungee cord. I felt the Father just cutting every connection. Everything that is trying to remind you, drag you, distract you. Father, right now, Lord, I thank you that you're bringing freedom in Jesus' name. And Holy Spirit, we just invite you right now to activate, to consolidate our faith in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, thank you, Holy Spirit.